What if domain names were truly useful in the blockchain space? Well, if Brad Cam of Unstoppable Domains has his way, we'll be sending crypto to domain names as easy as email instead of super long and confusing wallet addresses. And what happens when research on crypto exchanges reveals questionable trading volume? It makes the crypto markets look icky, and Dimitri of Crypto Integrity isn't pulling any punches. In other words, it's about to get all real here, my friends. And just remember, we are but two humble podcast hosts, just asking questions and seeking answers. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, maybe a little less. So batten down the hatches and secure the main gates. It's the Duck and Cover, episode number 264 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and people who are fans of crypto in any way, shape, or form. Yes, I'm Joel Com. He is Travis Wright. That's true. And you said this is the duck and cover episode of Bad Crypto. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's there's two interviews mm -hmm. in um, in this episode. The first one. Not really controversial, just super cool. You know, really Brad cool. Yeah, Cam's yeah. doing some great stuff. They were they were funded by the Ethereum Foundation. They've received grants from the Zillicoa Foundation, and they're doing some cool stuff to make blockchain yeah. useful. I think that would be cool. Like, like, how cool would that be? I was just thinking, like, to have dot bad addresses. I think that, that would be dot good. That would be dot really good. To have dot bad. The second interview is with a person representing a group called Crypto Integrity. He's going by the name Dimitri, but that is a pseudonym because... Because he has he no integrity? <laughs> <laughs> well, he calls out the fraud in the crypto markets, and he doesn't want people to know who he is. And so he had our curiosity, and it's definitely a, you know, incoming interview and so i think people are going to find this stuff fascinating that's true that dude goes off he does go off uh but you know what's on what is on no what's on mr joel com what, tell what's me on, mr joel com <laughs> our friends at ccp digital our sponsor for the show why don't you tell the good folks about them ccp digital is a digital agency for all of your social advertising or search advertising needs if you need to do facebook ads if you need to do Instagram ads, if you need to do Google search, you need to do Google AdWords, YouTube ads, mobile ads, those types of things, ccp.digital is the place for you. Go check it out, ccp.digital. There's no .com on it, Mr. Joe Com. It's just ccp.digital because it's a digital agency and they do digital things. They're so digitally. Mm -hmm. It's a digital underground. Oh, yeah. Check it out. <laughs> All right, and there are plenty of things to check out, including these two interviews are going to come at you fast and furious and back-to-back. -back. Listen in. Stop whatever else you're doing. Like, literally, stop it. If you're driving your car, just, just no. Or you can, like, multitask. It's okay to multitask, right? Still. Okay, multitask. Yeah, if you're shaving, don't stop because, you know. Don't stop. Half of you're shaving. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I remember 
back in the day. The year was 1995, and I registered my first domain name. It was, I think it was like January or, no, no, it was July 1995. It was worldvillage.com. I still own that domain, Mr. Travis Wright, one of only 18,000 websites that year. One of only 18,000? You're such a futurist, Mr. Joe Com. You're supposed to be impressed. I was impressed. It didn't work. I was impressed. Yeah. I, remember, I remember I was impressed when I first heard that. Well, you know, and since that time, we've gotten all kinds of domain extensions. You know, there's the top-level domains, and there's just every country's got one. And I think crypto needs one. And, in fact, uh, there's a gentleman with us today from a company called Unstoppable Domains. Dot com. His name is Brad Cam, and they are building domains on blockchains with a real-world application. So, Brad, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, tell us. Just go ahead, dive in. Tell us, you know, what the problem is with crypto addresses and how domains can solve that. Yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, first of all, Unstoppable Domains is uh, building domains on blockchains, uh, and and I would say there's there's kind of two big problems. Uh, one problem is around payments on the internet in general. Payments aren't native, even back you know, going back to the '90s. This was this was one of the huge problems. You could set up a website, but it was very hard to take money. Even with eBay, people were you know sending checks to each other and stuff. Only 25 years later, do we finally have things like uh, things like Stripe uh, that are starting to make it a little bit easier. Uh, but blockchains are great at payments, so uh, the internet is kind of missing payments. And domain names always, you know, your website doesn't come with payments from the start. Uh, blockchains would fix that. Uh, another thing is uh, censorship. Websites right now and domains in general, uh, the way it works is you have a registrar like GoDaddy or Google Domains. Uh, and they're a custodian of your domain, meaning they hold the domain f- for you. Uh, and if someone doesn't like what you're doing with your domain, they can take it away from you. Uh, and it doesn't work like that in crypto. Uh, so those are two of the biggest things. So there's a lot of different types of domain names out there. I mean, I know that I have several different ones as well. I get whenever digital came out, I bought ccp.digital because my agency is ccp digital, right? So that was pretty handy. There's some other ones coming out there as well. So you know, I know that you guys are you're setting this up with uh, with with Zilliqua and Ethereum based wallets, and so instead of actually having to type in the whole long address, you're going to be able to type in just Joel dot Zill and send it out. That's pretty handy, huh? Exactly. That's the that's what we think. There's so that the crazy thing about a blockchain domain and blockchain domains are very different than regular domains. They are not part of the current the current DNS system at all. They're completely separate. They're what's called uh, alternate routes. And they just so happen to do two things at once. They can work as payment addresses and they can work as domains. So like you said, for payments, this is what we think people are going to use for them first. Uh, I'll go into a wallet if I want to pay you. I'll go in. I'll type in joel.zill. I'll select which cryptocurrency I want to pay you in and I pay. And all you have to do is you buy your domain. You can easily associate which cryptocurrency addresses that you own to your domain. uh, And then people can pay you in any crypto. And this is the part that I think is going to blow people's minds. Uh, when you have a domain, you can have one blockchain domain and you can attach 200 different cryptocurrency addresses to it. You can have your Bitcoin address, your Ethereum address, your Litecoin address, all associated with one domain. What? That's all- what? How does it know which one it's picking up on? So the way it's going to work is you have, a, you have your domain and your domain asset uh, is part of a smart contract that lives on the blockchain. 
so it's a it's a registry contract on the blockchain. So your domain is there on the blockchain. It can move around freely. And then all you're doing is because you control the private keys, you are writing information to the blockchain. So you're just saying, here's my Bitcoin address. My Bitcoin address equals this. My Ethereum address equals that. And then our software, uh, we're going around and integrating with wallets and saying, use our software and we'll make it easy for you to do those lookups where all you're doing when I go in and I type joel.zil, our software makes it easy for the wallet to go and look up on the blockchain, find joel.zil, find, okay, here's here's your Bitcoin address and then make that uh, make that the address that's used for the payment. Very cool. So that's great. So so this is now unstoppable domains. You got a lot of different things that's sort of popping up there. And so, you know, maybe, you know, how big can blockchains, you know, blockchain domains be as an asset class? I mean, you think that's going to be something that people are going to be trading in later on? Or, you know, what, what do you think the future of this is? Well, if we start out by thinking about about the regular domain industry, we've got 300 million domains and a value of between 50 and 100 billion dollars. The most valuable domain in the uh, in the current DNS industry is cars.com, uh, which is valued at almost a billion dollars. So a huge asset class and it's digital already. First successful blockchain domain system was .eth, and they did $30 million of sales in their first year. And all these things that we're talking about, about making them really easy for payments, most of that stuff doesn't even, doesn't even work yet for .eth, and they did $30 million of sales. So... I think the thing that I would really point out to your listeners, I think is really key, is that a blockchain domain can do everything that a current domain can do, but better, because these are censorship resistant. You control the domain in your wallet, which means that no one can take it from you. If there's a court order to GoDaddy to say, we don't like this website, GoDaddy takes it down. Mm. If there's a court order to multiple domains, there's nothing that we can do because you control the domain inside your wallet. They got to get your keys. So fancy. That's good. Censorship resistant, that is something that we can all use unless, of course, your, you know, your domain is hosted on some other hosting and if they don't want you to do that, then they're going to they're going to find ways to hose you or shut down your payment processor or something. So 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 we have all of those points covered, too, mm, really? because your because your payment processor is the blockchain. So you're just sending payments over Ethereum, you know, using Ethereum or Bitcoin. So those can't be shut down. And then the website themselves, you can store your website on uh, a decentralized storage network. Uh, one of the biggest ones is called IPFS. So we're making it really easy uh, for you to spin up your own uh, simple little website on uh, decentralized storage. So there's no there's no Amazon to call up to take down your website either. Interesting. So why why .zil? Uh, .zil is uh, a project that is sponsored by the Zillica Foundation. Uh, so they uh, they gave us a grant uh, to build out what is basically a a, a competitive service to uh, to what the Ethereum Foundation built with .eth, uh, and that's just our first domain extension. Uh, we plan to launch several. So this is we'll be launching a few on Ethereum, and we'll also be launching on other blockchains. Uh, our view is that uh, there's probably going to be a lot of successful blockchains, and that the users. You don't actually care what blockchain it's on. Like the fact that it that Joel.zil is on the Zillica blockchain doesn't really matter to you. You can continue to pay and get paid in Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's just really a matter of where the domain is stored. And so it's kind of more like a it's almost more like a like a developer consideration than like a user consideration. So the website is unstoppabledomains.com. When will you make these .zil blockchain-y, I can send crypto to them domains available? 
so you can go to our website right now and you can search for and pre-register domains. Uh, we've already had, we, we made our first uh, public announcement about a week ago. So we've already had um, a lot of, uh, a lot of top domains even get pre-registered things like um, casino.zill and a few others. Uh, but they will go live on the blockchain in early June. Uh, and then you'll be able to use them in supporting wallets then. Uh, and then a few months after that, towards the end of 2019, you should start to see uh, see them working inside of browsers. Uh, and working inside of browsers means that you'll be able to type joel.zill in and also have a website. Which so basically... Well, yeah, that, by the, the way, that is where everybody should send their crypto. Send them to joel.zill. Send all your Bitcoin, all of your uh, coins, all of your... Uh, yeah, all to... Joel.zill. So any, uh, so any crypto is going to be able to be mapped to those different domains? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't really matter. Any crypto any crypto is going to work. So we'll be supporting hopefully around 10 right out the gate. Uh, but our goal is to support kind of all the top ones. Um, so it's really, so we're just going around and working with wallets from, you know, that support all, all the various currencies. Because, uh, you know, if we get, you know, one wallet that supports Tron, for example, and then another wallet that supports Litecoin, and then another wallet that supports Bitcoin. Then you know we're there. Then the domains will will easily work for all of those. That's so cool. And basically, instead of putting in that big long address, they'll just put in Joel.Zill, and all those exchanges or whatever will know that that maps to those particular addresses. That's part. Of, that's part of the plan. And and if you think about it, this is exactly what you know. This is exactly what happened with the internet when the internet started getting popular. You know, before you had these long, you know, IP addresses, and you know, we'd never be able to get, you know, our, you know, our parents surfing the internet or something like that if we had to share a long string of numbers and they were supposed to type that in somehow and get to their stuff. You know, it was only when we introduced names that people could easily type in that things started getting a lot easier. So I think the same is going to be true for uh, for for crypto. Excellent. Well, we uh, we appreciate your enthusiasm and uh, putting this technology together. And we'll be keeping a close eye on it. Again, send all of your cryptos to joel.zill. I'm going to make like one of those sleep tapes, you know, that will help people. You're feeling sleepy. And then once they're asleep, I'll be like, send all your cryptocurrency to joel.zill. Joel.zill. And stay bad. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, thanks a lot. And I would encourage everyone to go to unstoppabledomains.com and search around for domains and see what you find. Now, it's not really possible that there's any fraudulent activity in the crypto markets, is it, Travis? Um, that you know what that 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 just seems false. How could you say that, Mr. Joel? That's that's fake news because let's face it: anywhere there's money, there's always complete honesty and transparency. Hundred percent. I mean, why would anybody do any fraudulent thing ever? I mean, all I, I, everybody's so on the up and up everywhere. I I can't imagine, but you know. There is a gentleman out there who uh, is working with an organization called Crypto Integrity. It's a project aimed at fraud detection and forensics in the crypto markets. Their mission is to prepare, prepare and publish market research that fosters transparency and market integrity. And uh, they've just recently published a report on liquidity and su suspicious trading activity in the crypto markets. He is an anonymous individual with a real voice going by the name Dimitri. And Dimitri, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hello, guys. Nice to be here. So why the anonymous name, 
Dimitri or Travis. What did you call him? Dinatri. Dinatri. <laughs> Why not? It sounds good. Actually, we want to preserve the anonymity because um, we are making. Um, so our action is against those fraudulent guys who are probably um, have some resources uh, to somehow I don't know make some uh, do some harm uh, to us. Oh, um, oh, so instead you're putting us at risk. I get it now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So for now, we'd like to be you know anonymous, like the uh, the entire Bitcoin project was. Uh, developed by someone or the group of someone's the way this way we'd like to develop our project yeah so welcome to the crypto 101 podcast my name is matthew aaron <laughs> come on travis that's good that's good right yeah, there that was good that was good, that was good. Yeah. nicely done so you guys so you guys are what you're doing is you're doing some really interesting things and you are you primarily connecting t- to these exchanges and you're you're checking to see what type of fraud they might be doing and trying to help create a little bit more transparency with those exchanges. Is, that, is those the only people you're going after or are there other other groups? We are directly connecting to these exchanges from the technical point of view, of course. So we use an APIs provided by the exchanges. Uh, we use our own developed APIs. We don't relate to some third-party uh, solutions. Uh, this is crucial in our case because we need to understand how this data is obtained from these exchanges. Unfortunately, the APIs that we see in the crypto markets are not so good as we can see in uh, traditional financial world, for example, uh, which is why there are a lot of peculiarities and the quality is really bad. And you need you know, to, to look and to dive into every detail in order to you know, match the trade timestamp with the order book timestamp. Otherwise, the uh, conclusions that you may make will be wrong. We are not the only group that makes such kind of research. For example, Blockchain Transparency Institute was one of the uh, first uh, who made uh, the insight into this uh, issue in the crypto markets. But I think we are one of the first who uh, make the research on the order book on the micro uh, level. So on the micro level, there is you know a lot of going on. We try to understand how these orders are placed, by whom, uh, the the patterns uh, that we can you know uh, detect on the micro level. All of this uh, tells a bit more information than just looking at some volumes. I don't know or some charts. Well, the the conclusion that you guys came up with after evaluating a number of exchanges, which include. Uh, OKX, BitZ, ZB, Coinbean, LBank, Hobie Global, BW, HitBTC, IDEX, Bitmark, and Cointiger is um, you're alleging that 88% of the crypto trading volume in February 2019 is inflated. Yes. That is what you're alleging. And and apparently you've detailed the process that you've taken to – to back up these allegations on your Medium blog, why don't you just kind of talk at a very high level how you determine this? Yeah, the idea was to provide the methodology uh, on how we actually did it so that everyone can check it. Not only the methodology, but also the um, code base is public and is accessible by white public. And everyone can uh, check it and make a comment or find a mistake if there is any. The main idea that the main approach that we followed was uh, to detect in spread and out of spread trades. A lot of fraudulent exchanges uh, just um, paint the tape by producing, by reporting these trades, uh, which have 
the price uh, lower than best ask and better than best bid price. They're just doing it inside a spread. They just the ideal situation is that uh, a person places a limit order and then this limit order is hit. In the case of fraudulent exchanges, uh, we don't see these limit orders. They, these trades are just happening out of nowhere. This is this is the main pattern, actually. Uh, that is a big problem. It does seem to me. So, so we've actually had conversations about this before, where you know, in 2014, let's say the crypto market basically each day was trading at about 15 million dollars a day. And then in 2015, at 3x to a 42 million dollars a day and then the next year it was up to 200 million in the 2017 it went to two billion dollars a day that was being spent last year crypto volume was somewhere between 12 and 15 billion dollars this year we're seeing it as high as 50 billion dollars a day so and you're saying that on some of those exchanges 88 percent of those volumes are completely fraudulent so we don't really know how much crypto is being traded well, there are some exchanges that are more or less uh, truthful and transparent, uh, and we can believe and trust the numbers that they publish. We are going to cover some uh, trustworthy exchanges in our next report uh, for Match. But, well, the problem, the, the, the issue with these fake volumes is not new at all. So five years ago, uh, there were first reports on some fake volumes across uh, leading at that moment of time exchanges crypto mm-hmm. exchanges um so this is in my in my opinion this is just the way they market their service in order to have a higher rank uh at some you know information agencies like coin market cap for example they need to produce more volume um in order to be you know more prominent in order to be one one of the top exchanges another motivation for them to uh paint the tape is uh, to charge higher listing fees. Uh, it's not a secret that um, some exchanges uh, have uh, charged up to 1 million uh, per the listing of a of an digital asset. And that's, you know, that's cr- crazy numbers. And um, yeah, exchanges are trying to do their best in order to attract new coins who are ready and who are able to pay. So I know you're coming out with these findings of this pretty soon, but can you kind of give us a, a preview of which exchanges you find to be the most credible? Um, yes, uh, we can cover it. So this is Coinbase Pro, Kraken, Bittrex, Bitstamp, Bitfinex, Binance, uh, Sex.io, among the others. Yeah, so hang hang out with the uh, some of the, the more reputable ones. Um, for so I'm trying to figure out is it purely marketing or is there something else going on when um, they you know when they have these uh, escalated fake volumes? It might be the case that they try to somehow hide the fraudulent activity behind the uh, you know high volume so they can buy and sell in money you know, i don't know different accounts of related parties uh, trying to launder the money but without the additional access without the additional data on the owner owners of the accounts we are not able to come to this conclusion we can only assume that there might be something else like money laundering 
No, or maybe it just makes them look more handsome or something like that. <laughs> why, not? Why, why not? Well, I mean, we've heard about some of the fees that some of these exchanges take to get listed. And so if they are creating all these fake volumes, in some cases, 88% fake volume, and they're trying to get new coins on their exchange and they're trying to charge a hundred grand or whatever the number is to do that, then that, that, that's some serious fraudulent activity right there. And the coins that are paying that are getting hosed because they're going to an exchange that doesn't have any real volume. Right. Yeah. So what about this? So you got a blog post there on Medium um, about fake volumes on hit BTC and Binance specifically. What what were some of the findings that you found on those? Because, you know, everybody thinks Binance is the gold standard. Everybody's, you know, you, you're taking what they're, what they're giving at face value. What did, what did you guys find? There is no uh, evidence that there are, you know, a systematic wash trading on these exchanges. Especially in Binance, uh, there were some, um, I'd say, um, either suspicious trading activity or the um, outliers, uh, which can hardly be justified. Um, but it may mean that the owners of the coin or the major stakeholders of the coin uh, can inflate the volume of this particular coin uh, using this particular exchange, in our case, Binance, for example. But it doesn't mean that the Binance itself is involved. So this is this is also only assumptions. Um, if we speak about hit BTC, um, there were some allegations that they uh, inflate their volume uh, back in 2014. Uh, we can find it at uh, Bitcoin Talk. Uh, f- um, and there are some reports by Blockchain Transparency Institute, for example, that say that their volume are fake. But what we have found is that there are, again, some anomalies, some, you know, trading behavior, like uh, making the same, uh, making the trade every, I don't know, one second or every one minute of a huge size, which cannot be justified by, you know, some retail flow and these exchanges claim the retail flow, it is there. Um, another metric that um, indicates that HitBTC may be involved in fraudulent behavior is that the average trade per visitor uh, of their website is, um, if I'm not mistaken, five times higher than that of, for example, Binance or Bitfinex or Kraken. Great. Well, I know that the crypto community appreciates people uh, being out there and evaluating and, you know, trying to detect fraud. Uh, we're not coming to any conclusions, but you apparently have. And people can check that out on the website. Um, the show notes for this episode, we've got links to your website and your medium blog with details. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? I just guys want to thank you uh, for this opportunity. It's a pleasure and a great honor for us. I told you guys, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you that is some uh, badassery going on there with Dimitri. We done tried to tell you. Good stuff. And now I'm done telling you. Yeah. I mean, there's some crazy stuff. He was calling out. He's got no no holes barred, man. He's punching, swinging, he's going down. And it was one of those things where, like, like I could tell that Joel and I, Joel and I each were just kind of like, "Whoa, okay, wow, nice." Yeah. What, who else do you need to shit on? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, wherever there's money, you know, there's always going to be bad actors. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the facts of uh, life. Mm-hmm. 
it's you know take the good to take the bad take the bad yeah beat you to it there buddy (laughs) very nice well thanks for listening everybody we appreciate you more than you could possibly know more than uh, we could ask or imagine and just a quick update on bad coin and as of now, how many people are mining bad coin? Track? Last time, well, let me just check it right now. Last time I checked, it was about 190 different devices wow. mining. Oh, it looks like it's above that now. It looks like it's close to 200 now. You guys want to mine the cryptos, badcoin.net. Uh, I think this thing might take on a life of its own. And of course, uh, you know, there's no value to it right now. It's going to be up to the community to create value around it but we're pretty excited to see other people excited i think the bad crypto mastermind hasn't been this lively for quite some time Mm -hmm. with all the people posting their excitement and screenshots of you know their their rewards and their mining uh setups pretty fun it is and it's been quite wild to see the amount of growth over these last seven days and i think that you know, you and I started mining less than a week ago, Joel, and because we were just mm-hmm. finally testing it out, <clears throat> we let the uh, let the word out, and here we are knocking on two hundred miners' doors, and uh, they're they're mining the cryptos, and you know, right now it's it's not worth a whole lot. However, a lot of tokens started out like this. I mean, what was Dogecoin worth? What was Litecoin worth whenever it first started? But once more and more miners have it, more and more people, we have more and more exchanges to have it listed on. So I would say this to you guys, if you have a connection at an exchange or if you work at an exchange, please contact us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, we have nearly 200 people mining it. We have over 49,000 people who have the old bad coin who haven't necessarily swapped it yet. And you can do that. You can swap your, your crypto at badco.in forward slash swap. That's the instructions on how to go through that so you can get the new bad coin. So if you have, like, say you have a million of the old bad coin, you're going to swap it out and you'll have 400,000 of the new bad coin. People have asked, well, why wouldn't I just keep the old bad coin? Well, because the old bad coin is worthless. It's not a chain. It's really just us creating it out of thin air and we gave it out for fun. This new one could potentially have real value. It is a five multi-chain blockchain that's doing some really cool stuff. It's the most fair way to mine crypto today. We've actually created something really cool. And uh, we'd love to get it on more exchanges. We have it on one, boaexchange.com. That's not available in the United States. We're having some conversation with some other ones. But if you know some people who work at exchanges, if you could pull a friend favor and make some connections to get us, uh, have a conversation to get us listed on some exchanges, that'd be really sweet. Badcryptopodcast at gmail.com is the way to reach out to us or go to the website, badcryptopodcast.com forward slash contact, I think, or just click the contact us link there and of course we appreciate when you subscribe follow review mm-hmm. and share with friends family members and those that you want to convert to the republic of bad it's cryptopia I mean, we, we love promise. the way you work you don't have to we love the way you work it no <laughs> i'm not gonna say it. it oh you said it you said it all right fine let's just end the show stay bad bag it up The 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.